Welcome back, fellow nerds. It's another episode of Nerd Alert. This one's a bit different. Obviously, I am not James Wong. I am not Dave Rome. I'm not even Zach Edwards. I'm Kaylee Fretz, and I'm at the Tour de France with Ronan McLaughlin. Ronan, set the scene. Where are we right now? Uh, we're specifically leaning up against the front group arm of FDJ team bus uh, to get a little bit of shade from the hot French sun on this lovely day. Uh, we're in the team paddock ahead of stage five of the Tour de France, which of course is the sort of mini Roubaix stage. We've got 11 sectors of cobbles coming up today with a total of 19.4 kilometers on the pave. So it's a stage that a lot of the teams are nervous about and it's a stage that's well, I read an article last night sort of saying we may or may not see uh, several tech adaptions and turns out we yeah, we landed somewhere in the middle of that. There's been some interesting tech, but at the same time, quite a lot of standard tech on show here. Well, let's let's get into that. I mean, this is this is Nerd Alert. This is not a regular podcast for us. We're here to talk about the tech and the details of, of what you have seen here this morning. In addition to some of the things that we, you saw, I think over the last couple of days, you know, through Copenhagen, through the time trial, things like that, we'll get into all of that later in the episode, maybe when we sit down somewhere. But for right now, let's talk about today. Frankly, just not a lot of changes, right? You, you've done a full paddock walk at this point. Who's changing, who's not, what are we seeing? How does this relate to a normal Paris-Roubaix, not just a Roubaix tour stage? Well, I think, First of all, we need to specify what a normal Paris-Roubaix is because more and more an, a normal Paris-Roubaix is looking more like a normal race. We've seen this year's winner, Dylan Van Barl, riding effectively a standard Panarello Dogma just with wider tires and double wrap bar tape. Apart from that, he had zero other adaptions and that's a far cry from just, you know, even less than a decade ago where we had teams riding 32-spoke wheels. Back then, we thought 28-mil tires were wide. Uh, and we had, you know, in, in the time since then, also we've seen a whole raft of new Roubaix-specific frames and endurance frames. And uh, really, a lot of teams seem to be moving away from that. And unsurprisingly, that's what we're seeing here today as well. As, t- as, as their so-called standard racing bikes for the rest of the season get more versatile, the teams are requiring less tech to get them through uh, Roubaix in, in good shape and in, in, in the thick of the action. And sort of walking around the paddock here today, there's only a couple of teams who have like really changed everything out. And even, I guess, even only one team that's that's changed everything out, and that, that's Team Total Energies, who have shifted from their Tarmac SL7 S-Works bikes onto the S-Works Roubaix. Uh, and I guess part of that might be down to the fact that it's a good opportunity to show off the Roubaix more so than actually needing the Roubaix for today's stage because again it's less than half of the amount of cobbles that we have in Paris Roubaix um, and when you look across the other specialized teams Bora Hansgrohe they're, they've got just two riders on the Roubaix the other six are riding the Tarmac and specialized have a full fleet of Tarmac SL7s ready to go there so again it, it's, it's another sort of indication of the way the trends are going where the teams are relying more on their standard aero bikes and less on the Roubaix equipment. And I think the, besides those specialized teams, the most interesting thing to me was Trek Segafredo, who have a brand new Domani RSL on the roof that we've seen at Paris-Roubaix this year. And we, or at least I sort of expected would be rolled out at, at least partly in terms of, uh, again, showing off the new bike that's still unreleased. But Trek have Trek Segafredo team are lining out entirely on the new Trek Madone, the one with the hole in the seat tube. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Well, it's not not be interesting to see, but it'll it, it is interesting to see that the team haven't haven't even turned that that team 
in particular haven't even turned to their Roubaix specific bike. Well, let's just let's do a pit walk. We are we'll, we'll leave the Groupama FTG bus, bus behind, throw our masks back on. So apologize, we're going to sound a bit muffled, and head over to Bike Exchange and their new giants. What are we looking at here? Well, we're actually looking at the old giant because the team has been racing quite a lot on the new giant Propel that we've seen seen on the site and seen on our YouTube channel last week. You can check out both those uh, features. But interestingly enough, today there is one, two, three, four, five of the eight riders riding on the giant TCR Advanced SL. The sort of, well, we walked up here a second ago and Mikey, our uh, social guy, said to me, is that a climbing bike? And yeah, really it is. I think the TCR in this spec is below the UCI weight limit and they have to add some weights to it just to get it up to, to being legal. Uh, but an interesting choice for today and maybe tells us something about this new propel and just how how stiff it is, um, or maybe actually just tells us something about the, the tire clearance on the new Propel. I can see Luca Mezgetch's bike here. He's one of the riders riding the new Propel, and he's on such a nice bike, he tells us. Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about it. Tell us what we don't know that Giant haven't told us yet. It has an engine inside. It has an engine inside, and what capacity has that engine? It's like uh, 200 watts for 45 minutes. You need to be careful what you say here. <laughs> Uh, just, I, th I think he's joking about the motor there. <laughs> I feel like if he was serious, he wouldn't tell us. Maybe it's a double bluff. Oh, could be, could be. But I picked up one of these propels last week. It didn't feel like it had a motor in it. <laughs> uh, but what I, what I was just going to point out there about Mezgat's bike is just, he is running 30 millimeter tires, so we know the propel can take at least 30 mils, but there is definitely less clearance with those same 30 mils as the riders who have selected the TCR today. There's plenty of gap between, uh, plenty of space to spare with a 30 mil tire on the TCR. Whereas on that new Propel, it was looking a bit tight there. Don't really think they'll have an issue today though with the dry conditions. Yeah, no no mud today. It's not gonna be like 2014, it'll be more like 2018 when they hit the Roubaix cobbles. I guess the, the sort of, the reason why the bikes are, are so similar these days is essentially comes down to disc brakes. Because disc brakes created all this room within the frames for bigger tires. And when you can run a 30 or a 32, just all the other gimmicks that, that they used to run just become less important. Plus wheels are better, carbon, carbon rims are better. All these things sort of combine to mean that the average sort of regular race bike is pretty darn close to what you need for Roubaix. Yeah, certainly. And again, back to Dylan Van Barle this year who, who won on a regular bike. And if I remember right, the entire podium was just so-called regular bikes. Regular bikes. Kind of, I'm taking a complete mind blank as to who was on the podium in Paris Bay this year, but I think we did write at the time just how boring Paris Bay was is becoming because you know it was previously the the hotbed for new tech. From a tech perspective, let's let's speak. It's still a good bike race. I think that goes without saying, considering we're on the Nerd Alert podcast. But uh, yeah, that that's what I meant. From a tech perspective, we're not seeing these crazy adaptions that we've seen previously. Um, and yeah, that's that. As, just as you were saying, it's as, as bikes become more versatile, that's probably a trend that we're going to see more and more of. Well, we're we're having a little walk here. We just passed Intermarché and their cubes. They're on sort of big Continental tires. Are those tubeless? They look tubeless. Yes. Yes, they were the new GP5000 STRs. 30 millimeters are running, uh, same as any else are also running 30 millimeter. Uh, but some of those. Again, 
the um, specialized bikes that we mentioned earlier, I've seen them running that new, I think officially specialized are saying it's a project black tire. We haven't, we haven't heard anything about this new tubeless tire from specialized yet, but getting right up and close with them, I was able to find really, really hidden within the sidewall, a tiny 32 millimeter uh, marking on it. So clearly the specialized teams are running 700 by 32s, whereas most of the other teams are, are running 30 millimeter tires, except from Cofidus. Cofidus are riding Michelin tubulars, 20, 23 millimeter 32s, if that makes sense. <laughs> We're gonna have to dig into that in a second, but uh, wait, 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 so it's a 32 millimeter tire. I mean, we could see that with our eyes, but it says 23 on it. It does, yeah. I'm not sure if they got the three and the two back to front, uh, or if it's something lost in translation or what, but it's, it looks like a 32 millimeter to me. At, at very least, it's a 30 millimeter, but it definitely says 23 millimeter on the side of it. Somewhat disingenuous. Well, I mean, can we skip renowned Roubaix team Movistar? Uh, we can't really skip Movistar because I noticed earlier this week some of the team were riding the new Canyon Ultimate the lightweight climbing bike from, from Canyon, but today it's an entire fleet of Canyon Air Roads. Uh, Enrique Mass, who has been on the Ultimates every day so far, has today switched to the Air Road. And interestingly, it's the, it's the Air Road from last year. Remember when they had the issue with the, was it with the bars, where they had to switch out the bars and run the external cabling? Well, almost all the team are running that, um, that setup from last year with the external cable routing. Uh, and they've also got, um, Except Alberto Torres Barcelo, who is running the CP0018 cockpit, if I remember right. That's the technical term for it. Um, Those tires look small to me, which is funny because they're 28s and they look small. Yes, exactly. Ten years ago, these would have been huge. But now they're not only they're 28s, but they're also entirely running on tubular wheels for today, which, which I find a little strange given the team have been riding tubeless the rest of the week. Um, and yeah, it's... it's I guess they're doing it just for that. There, there's old habits die hard, let's say. Um, but one other thing I spotted about these canyons, which interestingly, Team Movistar and Team Arkea Samzik are using a new headset top cap, um, which when I asked one of the mechanics from Arkea who didn't have great English, he told me it was for the extra strength. Um, now, Matthew Vanderpool and his Alpes and Phoenix teammates are not using this new uh, headset top cap, headset cap so um, I'll try to find out a little bit more about that we did see it back at Paru Bay in April but also didn't really get a great answer about it back then it, it sort of looks like some sort of they've added some level of suspension or something but it's not I've been told it's not suspension at all it's it's just to reinforce that carbon steerer and and um, yeah for extra strength was the was the quote should we keep walking oh let's not get run over by the Groupama van Holler's a big boy I was going to ask you, do you think it would be worse to get hit by the FDJ van or get hit by Marco Haller? <laughs> I think Marco Haller might, might be worse, actually. We just, he just rode right by us here in the paddock. Anything over at... Lotto Sudal, I think it's another team for whom old habits die hard. Um, because it's one of the teams I came straight to today because I'd heard they might use the DT Swiss ERC wheelset, which I have at home for review. And I'm awfully fond of, very, very stable wheel, tubeless compatible, fairly lightweight for, for, for what it is. Um, but no, a lot of Sudal here are running entirely on tubeless tires with the sort of almost older at this stage, CRC 1100 wheels from DT Swiss. Uh, so yeah, they've, they've clearly opted 
they've clearly opted for this wheelset because they want to run a tubular setup, which again, as more and more teams and riders shift to tubeless, it's getting stranger and stranger to see an entire team running a tubular setup. Tubulars are just cooler though. Undoubtedly, tubulars are cooler. Uh, and also what's quite cool is Peter Sagan has again rolled out his mechanical juries group set for uh, the cobble stage here in the tour. He of course runs mechanical pretty much every year in Priory Bay. Um, and yeah, he, so Sagan is on 11 speed juries mechanical. The rest of the team are running 11 speed juries DI2 uh, on their S-Works Roubaix frames, so um, you have to presume that these are the bikes that were built up for last year, perhaps, well, definitely not the year before, but um, the, these bikes don't think they're they're brand new. I think they're, you know, these, these bikes tend to get used, what, one day a year in Paris Bay for a couple of days beforehand and the recons and that, so they're, there's no reason not to roll them out for today. <laughs> that is the giant speaker that Peter Sagan has brought to every team that he's been on over the last eight or nine years. Uh, well, let's move on from near that speaker. Total Energies did not use to do that. Then Peter Sagan showed up and now they've got a giant speaker that sits outside the bus and plays music at us. That's well, actually, that, that's, a, that's a better musical selection than it often is. So I'm okay with it. Could also be Daniel Lawson charging out of the, of the selection. Big, big music guy. So maybe, he's, maybe his phone is on the other end of that Bluetooth connection. That would make sense because uh, I think when it's Peter, it is more ns, 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 sort of thing. B&B, <laughs> uh, &B, the men in glass. The men in glass. I don't really know what that means, but that's the thing. Anything interesting on the KTMs? I mean, KTMs not a brand that like our American audience is gonna be particularly familiar with, but uh, they have some sort of zebra bike going on over there too. KTM is a brand, if I remember correctly, got yourself and Shotty in a bit of trouble a couple of years ago when you, uh, yeah, the, the aesthetics of that frame didn't really appeal to, to both you guys, but they do have a new frame here. Um, interestingly, only Cyril Lemoy is on the new frame today, whereas for the rest of the week, at least four or five of the team have been on the, the new frame. Haven't heard anything official from KTM yet, but it is, it's in that sort of lightweight, arrow, do-it-all vein, that, that sort of frame. Um, this paint job is by far and away, I think, the best looking bike I've seen in this Tour de France. So uh, it'll be nice, nice change that to be able to say the KTM is by far and away the best looking bike we've seen in the Tour. It does. It looks really good. It doesn't have the weird sort of shelf thing that the on the fork that the rest of them have, which actually looks better in person, I think. It, the, the bike we were talking about was actually different, not the one that's sitting in front of the, on the paddock right now. There's also, what's, is that a seagull on the, what is that? Is that an eagle? There's a lot of things about this team I don't fully understand branding wise. Yeah, you've, you've got me too. I think it is a seagull. Um, quite apt for where we were yesterday. There was a few seagulls about. Maybe they were swarming over the the b, &B hotels team bus, but yeah, good question. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, we're at, we're at the bus of hot tour favorite, Tade Bogaccia and we're looking at these Colnagos. Anything interesting here? <sighs> What's, I guess, most interesting is that they've basically changed nothing except the tires for today's stage, which goes back to what we were talking about at the start of this, this uh, podcast. Pogaccia here has bikes right in front of us. Single wrap, white bar tip to match his white jersey. He's running pretty much identical setup to what he has done for the past three days. The only difference I can spot, and I actually don't know which tires he was riding the last few days, but I presume he wasn't on 30s, and today, he is on 30 mil tires. So apart from that, 
nothing else changed about this bike that I can see. The 30, they're, they're Pirelli's P0 TLR race 30 mil tires. So, um, you know, that's that, that the only real adaption that we can see to this bike for today's stage. Cause they're not even doing, they're not even doing sort of gear changes or anything. I mean, you know, at Roubaix we'd normally see the two front chain rings are, are a lot closer together in tooth size, right? You know, you run a 44, 54 or something like that. And in this case, it looks to me like they're just running standard, you know, 3953. Yeah, those are trying to catch a glimpse of the exact chain size. I can't see it, but being Camp Agnola, I assume it is 3953. Even easier than that, which I've seen a lot of teams do, is that every other team is, perhaps not every other team, but so many teams here today are running through axle tools front and rear, where typically they might not run any through axle tool or they might only have one in the rear. Today, the teams are putting a through axle tool both front and rear for the riders to be able to remove the wheel quickly they'll probably have uh, team support staff on each of the cobbled sectors today both at the start and the end of them uh, so it just means that should a rider get to a, a, a support st a support member for the team on the end of a cobbled section they can actually get the three axle open change the wheel and get going again before the team car probably even knows there's been a puncture uh, so that's that's uh, interesting that UAE aren't even going as far as to put a through axle tool on their wheels. There's, like, there's none. There's none taped to the seat post. There's none on the rear axle. There's none on the, the front. There's literally these guys are waiting for a tool to come along if they puncture. Maybe maybe Pog will just put a put a five mil in his pocket. Is it a five? Six? It's five. Would not advise that on today's stage. <laughs> it, it, uh, being impaled by a, th a hex key probably not the best idea. Could run a saddlebag. Take a bolty tool in there. I like the Cannondales, the EF Cannondales with the, you know, dinosaur gremlin on them. I think they look sweet. I think, in fact, I like the bikes a lot more, the look of the bikes a lot more than the kit. Let's move on to Trek or Alpecin de Koenig. Which, which is more interesting? Well, with Alpecin de Koenig, there's nothing interesting, really. Uh, they've changed to... Vittoria's Corsa Controls, 30 mil tires for today's, for today's stage, yeah. Uh, apart from that, the bikes are as standard as they were yesterday. Moving across the track, though, I know we've already spoke about them. They're all on the Madones, we know that. But they're also, they made a couple of other adaptions to their bikes for, for Paris Bay. They went to one-by setups, which you could use today. There's almost zero elevation on today's stage. They could run a one-by setup. At the time, the team told me that was for increased chain retention, for a bit of extra security. But although some of the spare bikes on the roof have a one-by setup, every rider starting the stage today has two-by up front, front to rear, the whole works. So just interesting that they're, maybe just don't want to overload the mechanics early in the tour. Because, you know, we talk about rider fatigue quite often, but I'm sure staff fatigue is, is a big deal also. And, you know, a, a tire mechanic making a, a you know, a, a, an untypical error late at night, someday late in the tour could, could cost them the race. So that possibly factoring into it also another marginal game probably very hard to measure but undoubtedly you want your staff as fresh as possible also and there are the, the riders are gone otherwise we'd go talk to one <laughs> they just rolled over to sign on and they then put away all the bike holder things so i imagine they're not coming back they're just going to roll from sign on to start let's keep walking uh there's garrett thomas talked to him yesterday he's the that team is up for today yeah, they, as we spoke about in the podcast last night, the Daily Tour podcast, 
they have to be up for today. They've got an excellent team for today's stage, and it's a good opportunity to take it to the likes of Tadej Pogacar, who doesn't really have the team to support them. But again, you know, talking about uh, Thomas's bike there, really the only adaption he's made is a shift to 30 mil tires and double wrap bar tape. And some of the NIOS guys aren't even moving to double wrap bar tape. Now, I have ridden some of the cobbled sectors the riders will tackle today on a Dogma F with that most handlebar setup. And I would advise double wrap, double wrap bar tape at a minimum. My hands were on fire at the end of each section. It's such a wide sort of aero profile on the tops of those bars that, yeah, it's really, really not comfortable over a cobbled sector. So I advise them all to uh, wrap up that tape. We are over at DSM now and they're Scots. What's going on here? Again, very, very disappointing. Yes, this is one of the teams that have switched entirely. The, most of the riders are riding this new Scott foil this week. But for today, they're all in the Scott Addict. But what's that's not the disappointing part. That's fine. Kind of like these Addicts. Really nice looking bike. But what's disappointing is the fact that they haven't rolled out their scope hub tire pressure management system that they made a big fuss about the week before Roubaix and then didn't use, which I've seen in the team truck a matter of days before they started this Tour de France. So they do have at least one of those wheel sets with them. I think I've seen actually two of those wheel sets. But none of these bikes we see here today are using that, that system. And actually, Matt Winston, the race coach for Team DSM, told us as much yesterday that we were not going to see the uh, the new hub system on these bikes. I see Jumbo Visma's bus over here, and I think we should scoot over there as quick as we can to just to see which tires that team has opted for today. And to see, again, there's another team that may have opted for a Roubaix, not a Roubaix-specific frame, but an endurance frame in the Cervelo Caledonia. That's what that team uses for Roubaix each year. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see just now if they have opted for that bike or not. A couple of quick step riders rolling past us here, quick step Alpha Vinyl. And it's with these new road race suits that the teams wear, with them being so skin tight, the radios on the back really stick out. And I often think, you know, especially on a stage like today, well, here's friend of the podcast, Tom Scoynes. Almost just hit us. He almost, I think he was trying to hit us, yeah. This is the Nerd Alert podcast. What's up with your bike today? It has wheels and it goes fast. Woo! You guys really didn't do much, right? You're just on a Madone. Uh, I mean, we have the Damanis as options, and uh, Spare Bikes has Damanis in case. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a quick one, so it's not really Roubaix-esque, so it doesn't really call for uh, the full Damani. I mean, when you discuss that like with directors and other riders, the sort of general gist of it is, nah, it's basically just a road stage. I mean, it's not. <laughs> Just a road stage would not make the peloton so nervous. Uh, if it was just a road stage, they'd arrive in a sprint versus today, who knows what's gonna happen. What's your job today? Uh, I will try and help Jasper and Mess as much as I can and then uh, not crash, hopefully. That's kind of the prior two priorities there. You've had pretty good Roubaix before. Like, you know, get your elbows out, go, go make that front group. I mean, if I'm there, great. I, the longer I can help, the better. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily looking to make that front group to this time around. But I mean, it is a very different race to uh, Roubaix just because there's always groups coming back. So for example, when we won in 2018 with Dege, then as well, we were one of the groups we stopped with Bauk, I think three, three times to chase back on to, after bike changes and whatnot. So uh, it is a very different race. There's a lot of coming back uh, more so than Roubaix for sure. Good luck. Thank you.
br- sorry, brief brief bike racing interlude in the middle of our tech podcast. What uh, we're at Israel Premier Tech now with their factors. Looks like combination of Vams and Ostros. W- what are we looking at? Yeah, well, it's it's. I think they're all on the Austro Vam. Um, they've got Black Ink have a new handlebar here as well. Some of the team are using, some are not. I hear it's just stuffer. It's around about the same weight, but stuffer and more aerodynamic. But I want to go back just to Jumbo Visma there. They just were pulling out just as I arrived, but I managed to catch a glimpse of the team. And interestingly, now, remember, this is a team who were racing with tubulars throughout the entire squad for Paris Bay in April. Today, they are on Vittoria's Corsa Control tubeless 30 mil tires. Uh, and also, interestingly, some of the riders, definitely Primoz Roglic and Jonas Vinigo, were both on the Caledonia. Uh, they, yesterday, they were on the Cervelo S5 or R5. Uh, today, they're on the Caledonia, and that's a change specifically made for the cobbles. So, sort of bucking the trend of what we've seen throughout the paddock today, uh, Jumbo Visma are switching out entirely, which I think the actual the tubeless tires is the most interesting point because it's, you know, you, you have to remember... Uh, Wife on Arch race was in Roubaix was sort of spoiled by punctures. I think he had three or four punctures, and also Laporte's race was spoiled by a puncture, also which ultimately caused a rim failure. He was going that fast on the cobbles, um, and today they're all riding on uh, tubeless tires. But I didn't. Nathan van Hoydonk actually is the only rider still on tubulars. I didn't get a chance to ask the mechanics if they're running Vittoria's tire inserts, but you'd have to presume that they are if they're going to make a switch to tubeless for today. Surely they're also going to include the inserts, given that those ones are specifically de- designed to allow riders to, you know, run flat on on punctured tires. It's one nine three here. Simon Clark only has one water bottle, and only one water bottle cage. That is a that is a baller move. That, that that's <laughs> like that's the old fashioned pro. I don't need hydration. I'm stronger than dehydration. I only need one bottle. I had a, a running coach in high school. He used to say, water is for the weak. I'm not sure that was the best advice I ever got, but yeah, that's that's an interesting choice. We can ask him when he comes out. He's not out yet. Is that just like a baller? I only need one bottle? What's the, what's the? I've done it for about four or five years now, I think. Ever since disc brakes came in, uh, they added 300 plus grams to our bike. And so back in 2017, 2018, I went over my bike and said, all right, got to make this thing light up. <laughs> the bidden, second bidden cage was one of the things I cut. So there you go. Uh, yeah. More trips back to the car? He seems to work out all right. Well, no, actually I end up drinking a lot more than I used to because when you have two bins, you know they're there and you just leave them there all day. Whereas when you have one, you program all your fueling. I know we have all our staff on the side of the road. So I know every bidden I have to finish before the next staff member. And actually my in-fuel, in-race uh, liquid con- fluid consumption is, is much higher than it used to be. So, uh, and I didn't realize that when I did it, that's just been a consequence. So, That's really interesting. I, I like that. Yeah. That's sort of an unintended consequence, but works out. Yeah, I mean, traditionally when we only had a one feed zone, it was not possible. But now when we do a race and we have seven, you know, every 20, 30K, we have a, a, a staff member on the side of the road. So, um, yeah, uh, it's plenty. We have plenty enough support. Thanks, man.
Good luck you can today. only drink one at a time, can't you? <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> I like Simon a lot. He's a good guy. I want to call BS on that. <laughs> it's fu it's funny to me that that the original purpose was just weight. I mean, it's you know a bottle cage weighs like sixteen grams or something like that. Well, he's probably thinking about the weight of a full bottle also, which of course you could, and they do, drop. That would be easy. Uh, probably a slight arrow gain from not having a cage there, which would be a nice gain. But I do know that the Israel Premier Tech writers, they're pretty obsessed with saving weight in this tour. They're running, like, Jakob Fogelsang's running a bare carbon saddle, no padding on it at all, uh, which will be interesting on today's stage. And most of the team, interestingly not for today, but for the other stages, most of the team were also riding with the Darimo carbon seat post, which helps drop a bit of weight. Uh, and running with tubular tires, I'm told specifically, to save a bit of weight also. And to be fair, it's sort of mission accomplished because the Austro van that they're riding, I've weighed it myself at 6.8 kilos. It's the only bike I've found so far that was actually at 6.8. Um, I just wonder how much benefit being at 6.8 actually provides versus being at like 7.2. Probably not a lot, but maybe some mental, mental side. Uh, they're about to start. We're like five minutes from the start here. Do we need anything down here, or is it time for us to get out of here? It's probably time to bail. I think it's time to bail. All right, well, we're, we'll sit down and finish this podcast in a bit and talk about some of the earlier stages, but that, well, that's, uh, that's it from us at the start of stage five. Cue the transition music. All right, we're back running, nerd alert, part uh, we had kind of planned to do this from the press room shortly after we made the first half, but that did not end up happening due to... Well, well it turns out a couple stages is fairly hectic. turns out a couple stages is fairly hectic. So we're, it's about, what, 48 hours later now. We are hanging out in... God, where are we? Where's the start? Nancy. Oh, we're in Nancy, that's right. Uh, we're, it's, it's the start of the Planche de Belfi stage, and we are outside the Israel Premier Tech bus. And Which is fitting because the first team that I have in my notes here for this uh, section of the podcast is Israel Premier Tech. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna just talk through some general tour tech now. Talk through you know what the couple stage looked like earlier. We're gonna talk through just general stuff right now. So these Factor Austro vans. Well, we, we kind of already talked about the Roubaix version, but what else is what else is interesting? Uh, well, I suppose what's interesting here is just to sort of complete mix match of frames that we have they're all austro vans but israel premier tech have an extreme obsession with getting to the uci weight limit with their bikes for this tour uh so we have seen we, we've seen them introduce this new blue and black uh paint scheme for the tour but the riders have been reverting back to their standard team paint jobs and then there's other riders who are also running with a matte black paint job which saves another I don't know, could it even be 100 grams? But it's a thinner paint, basically, that saves a few grams. And then almost the entire team is running with Darimo seat posts, which are about 70 grams lighter than the standard Factor Austro VAM seat post. Uh, and then the, the team are using the 11-speed Durius Di2, which is lighter, but I don't think that's why they're using it. It's probably 12-speed availability is the issue there. Uh, and then they're running the likes of tubulars and single bottle cages and all sorts just to try and get down to 6.8 um, and yeah I just, I just wonder how valuable it actually is to even get to 6.8 but that's what they're trying to do well we had that discussion with Simon Clark before the couple stage 
one water bottle cage. I would I would assume that that's why he won the stage, right? It has to be, but it was a very close finish. I just wonder how much more comfortable it could have been had he been hydrated. <laughs> hey, he said that he that he hydrates better. Yeah, I don't believe it. <laughs> it is. It's an interesting obsession, and uh, you know we we've sort of dug a little bit of done a little bit of digging around it, sort of like what the what the cultural reasons for that because each of these teams does have a pretty distinct tech culture and this one is is lightweight focused which is not unique and in fact 10 years ago you could probably say all the teams were, were similarly hyper focused on that but there are some teams now that are that are expanding their thought processes beyond oh we're going to take a quick moment pause because ronin wants to take a picture of chris froom's hammerhead head unit <laughs> Chris Froome looked terrified of you there, Ronan. I, th I think it may be because he doesn't have what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> what was and, I just saying? Oh yeah, there's like there's sort of cultural, cultural drivers behind what these teams are running and what their focus is. And you know, the sort of classic example that we've brought up time and time again is like Alberto Contador refusing to run anything deeper than a 303 ever. Uh, some of that's breaking down but a team like like Israel Premier Tech has is obviously still hyper weight focused and that's that's not totally it's not ubiquitous across the, the paddock like it was not too long ago. Well, it might be linked to the average age of the team also. Um, <laughs> quite a lot of the, the riders I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it right. Yeah, but you know, I, I I sort of said that as if I was joking, but I'm I'm you know, not 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 taking the mick, as we might say. I'm serious that the most of the riders on that team are from a generation where weight was the main focus. Uh, and old habits like that are, you know, they, they die hard. If you pick up a bike and it feels heavy, it's not a, it's not a great start to a mountainous stage. Uh, so, you know, there, there's a lot to be said for the, the uh, psychological gains from a super lightweight bike. Where are we going? I want to head over to me? UAE Team All Emirates right. um, because, well, I want to see if Pogaccia sticks with the disc brake bike for today. Uh, previous, previous years in the Tour, he has opted to run with the rim brake V3 RS, but of course they have the new prototype Conago now, uh, and it seems to be only available in disc brakes, so just want to double check, he's still using discs today. But also, take a closer look at those new Campagnolo lightweight climbing wheels that we've seen in the Giro. I got up close with those yesterday, and yeah, they, you know, Camp, Campagnolo were actually there, or Campagnolo, I should say, were actually there, and they, yeah, wouldn't give me any more information, basically just said it's a new lightweight wheel coming soon, Stay tuned for more information, but you can sort of tell from looking at it, you know, there's a 30 millimeter rim and they are going to offer them in a tubular version. Uh, some of the team had tubular tires there, but also there was uh, several... Yes, getting yelled at. A couple of riders getting yelled at this morning. We'll save that for the daily podcast later on today. Uh, but there was also a few UAE riders who had tubeless tires with inner tubes on these new Campagnolo, Campagnolo wheels. So not sure if they're gonna be tubeless compatible or if they're, you know, clincher only wheels or what, but definitely a, there's gonna be at least two variants of the, the new rim. All right, we're at UAE. That was a really well-timed, we also almost just got killed by a Mayo Jean flag. We escaped with our lives by a experience. matter of millimeters. <laughs> <laughs> I was unfazed in my pursuit of Tadej Pogacar's bike. And uh, we can see he is running disc brakes. Yep. 
It is still the new Prototipo frame. Can't really get too close to it here, but he swapped out the white bar tape and the white pedals from yesterday for yellow bar tape and yellow pedals for today's stage. The first this year in the yellow jersey. Yeah, we can't see anything else from here. No. It's like 10 feet away from us and we're behind a rope that they will not open. So yeah, the, I, I will have a gallery up from today's sort of climbing tech, but uh, yeah. I guess the, the most notable thing there is just that UE are sticking with pretty much the standard setup, uh, with the only change being to these new lightweight Campagnolo wheels. In terms of other changes, one thing I found particularly interesting was Team Bike Exchange. They are riding the new Giant Propel. For the first half of this podcast on Stage 5, we've seen some of the riders shifting to the TCR, which is typically the team's climbing bike. But today, the entire team has stuck with the new Propel, which says to me, this is going to be the, the new propel must be as light as giant were sort of suggesting and that it was in around the six kilogram range so uh you know had had there been a significant weight penalty like there was with the old propel there's no doubt they would have been swapping today for the tcr so same with trek they're all in the madone yes today, with uh, a new lighter much lighter madone well lightest disc brake madone. lightest disc brake madone ever yes that they have ever produced which kind of goes into that theme that we had talked about with the cobble stage also that the standard, so to speak, day-to-day -day race bikes are becoming so versatile now that yeah, there there isn't the swapping and changing that we've seen previously. Uh, Nairo Quintana, Quintana just rode past us there, and he's on the Canyon Air Road, which you know again that's yeah, but he's at least said to be their climbing their aero flat stage bike, but but we we now know that Nairo Quintana is actually a classic superstar. So <laughs> that makes perfect sense. And he also rides a tiny frame. So <laughs> that helps with keeping the weight down. A couple of new helmets about the paddock here today as well. Uh, I spotted them earlier on in the race, but we've got the new casks on the heads of the NAS Grenadiers riders. They were all riding yellow ones yesterday because they're the best team overall. And again, not all the team riding with the new cask, but at least some of them. Trek have a new helmet here. Uh, it's not a Bondrager helmet like we've seen before. It's actually stickered up Trek. Interesting. Uh, and it has, it at least says OCLV Carbon on the back of it. Uh, so it would be interesting to hear a bit more about that. Kind of difficult to tell really any details just by looking at it. Uh, but it does seem like a, a sort of breathable ventilated helmet option rather than an aero, a road aero option. A couple of specialized, new specialized helmets also. I haven't quite spotted this morning. Balka just rolling around helmetless. Yes. Thibaut Pino coming towards us with the Giro helmet. That's not new. Uh, but yeah, a couple of new specialized helmets in the bunch this year also. And lastly, that new Rudy project, which again, looks like a very, very ventilated helmet option rather than having any sort of aero focus. Uh, and just interesting to see, you know, that, that, that shift from both Trek and Rudy project where aero was everything 12 months ago. It seems they're much more concerned now with with getting a bit of ventilation as well. I love Jacob's... Uh, Domani? Sorry, yeah, Jacob Kennison is the press officer here for Trek Sigafredo, and he has the coolest, the coolest sort of Trek, what, what, Domani commuter bike? How do you even describe that thing? It is a Paris-Roubaix special edition Domani from, from Paris-Roubaix 2021. It's that sort of project one, I forget the exact name for it, but it's like, like a grayish, silvery, cool sparkly. Cool metallics, yeah. And it's got a SRAM Red Axis group set with Bontrager Aeolus deep carbon rims, gravel tires, and flat handlebars. It's uh, sweet. With 
ETAP wireless blups for the shifting. And it also has a parameter on it. There's a quark one by parameter on it. It's very cool. It's very, very cool. I think there's a, there's a, is there a photo of it on our Instagram? There is, it's in the time trial gallery. Yeah. Uh, so it may have went missed by, by some who are maybe perhaps not as interested in the in time trial tech, but it, that time trial gallery is worth visiting for that Domani alone. A couple of movie star writers rolling passes on the new Canyon Ultimate. Got up close to that a couple of days ago also and have a gallery coming on that. A fork uh, looks weird to me. The fork is bizarre. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's got the tire clearance, and I think it was you, Katie, who said on Slack, it's got the tire clearance height for a 50 millimeter, <laughs> but width-wise, it looks like you're, we're probably going to max out at what, a 38 at best? Yeah, it's very strange. I don't, like, I don't know if it's an arrow thing to leave that big hole there or what, but... It's not actual tire clearance. It's just a big hole, basically. Mm-hmm. Running, chasing Chris Froome's shoes. <laughs> Snuffing the shoes. <laughs> he keeps good care of them. Uh, well, Ronan, I think um, signing is continuing here. You have some other work to do. We have roughly 20 minutes before we need to be back at the car to get out of here and head toward... La Planche de Belfi. So let's wrap up this week's Nerd Alert. Uh, what's your what's your what's the favorite thing you've seen at the, at the Tour de France so far? We'll wrap up that way. Coolest thing you got most giddy, nerdily excited about? Now you've put me on the spot. Yeah, I, um, I feel like I'm going to pick the wrong thing, but the. The one thing sticking out in my mind, and I guess that's what I have to go with then, is that new giant propel. You know, and especially so today, just seeing the team stick with it for the mountain stage. I know it's not a team going for GC or anything, but they've proved earlier this week in the cobble stage they're willing to swap bikes if they need to, yep. but they're not opting for the TCR, the bike that would easily hit 6.8. They're going for the new Propel, which tells me it's uh, you know it's it's as light as they're suggesting. They wouldn't give us a weight on it, but they said it's around about seven kilos. Uh, and it also you know, and although I don't like the the blue paintwork that Team Bike Exchange right? with that's just a personal thing. The bike itself, I think, if Giant come out with some nice paint jobs and that, it's going to be it's going to be really good looking. But it also seems like it could be a very well good performing bike if you know if other giants are anything to go by. So couple them with what we now have to perceive as a as a good lightweight sort of rig. I think for me that's that's the highlight so far. And of course, we did a video on it as well and a gallery. I'm just disappointed they didn't bring back the mini V brakes. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> All right, let's call it there. Well, well what was well, your favorite thing? Oh, my favorite thing, my favorite tech thing so far. My favorite thing is actually my least favorite thing, uh, which is the terrible specialized head sock time trial helmet. Uh, just because it broke the internet and I found it really hilarious and I hope we never see it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it was my favorite thing so far. All right, let's 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 wrap this up. Nerd alert out. I believe uh, James and Dave will probably be back with you next week. I'm not well, sure about that. Well, it could be but... James and I from Eurobike. Oh yeah, that's right, Eurobike. You guys, you're you're out of here and then straight to Eurobike. So probably you guys from Eurobike next week. So yeah, make sure you tune in. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you drop a a review in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you review stuff. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.